Good morning! Good morning. Okay, as I record this, uh, my guest for this week has actually just exited the sound booth. And by sound booth, I mean vehicle. Um, We recorded this, I guess it would be yesterday morning at this point, Saturday morning when it was raining and raining and raining. And so, like, all of my plans of where to record this podcast, I, I record a lot out at my factory or at home, like, in the living room. But it's Saturday morning, my child, my toddler, who will make an appearance in this podcast, by the way, is running around. There's a lot of noise inside. And so with the rain and the noise inside, we we just decided to record it right in the car. So we literally sat in my car in my driveway and just recorded this podcast. Uh, I talked to Audrey Sample. She is uh, a phenomenal young lady who uh, has a lot, a lot of very interesting thoughts smart things uh i follow her on twitter is where i actually know her of but i she's got a lot of smart thoughts funny thoughts strong thoughts she's all over the place with her thoughts and i just read through them and i thought hey this girl to me is twitter famous because i enjoy twitter and uh, I must have liked a tweet of hers at some point or another, and she ended up popping up in my stuff a lot. So anyway, she's my guest today. It was uh, We'll get to that in just a few minutes. It was a really good week this week. Uh, work-wise, things went really well this week. We are, um, and I said they went really well this week. To be honest with you, there was a couple of small hiccups, but you know, in general, production was done well, and uh, we appreciate that. And so that any week that goes like that is good. Now, today is tough because today is supposed to be family fall fun day for the Guglielmo family, but it's supposed to rain all day. But we had, we've had we purchased tickets to go to the train rides at the Railroad Museum in Rush. Uh, it's a pumpkin patch train ride. And then tonight we're supposed to be going to Hollowed Harvest, which is the big jack-o'-lantern show down at Sunshine Camp for Rochester Rotary, and by the way, I should give that a shout-out. Thousands and thousands of jack-o'-lanterns, a huge display, all at the Sunshine Camp, also in Rush, New York, by the way, Um, and a portion of the proceeds go to Sunshine Camp, which is one uh, one of the beneficiaries of Rochester Rotary, which I'm a part of, a board member, and it is a camp for disabled children. So it's a summer camp where a child in a wheelchair can go swimming, ride in a boat, climb a tree, go into a tree house. Uh, It's a fully accessible summer camp, and portions of the proceeds from this hollowed harvest go to that. So if you have the opportunity to come out and support us, that would be a very big deal. We are supposed to be going tonight, but as I said, it is raining, 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 unfortunately, today. So I don't know what's actually going to happen today. So... Anyway, I guess with that, we'll get to the interview. It's a little bit of a longer podcast, so I'll keep the intro short here. Uh, Oh, I do want to just make one football mention real quick. The Buffalo Bills look really good. I mean, the way they trounced the Chiefs, that is encouraging. That being said, my Cleveland Browns, hibbly, hibbly. Well, they played, listen, they played shot for shot with the Chargers, one of the better teams in the NFL. Game could have went either way. Games that could go either way often go against the Browns. To be honest with you, though, it went against the Browns because of some Browns brownsing. The way week one, where they lost to the Chiefs, was going great until they fumbled and threw an interception on back-to-back possessions. In this week's game, last week's game, uh, everything's going fine until it gets to the point where the Browns, they score a touchdown every drive. Till the last drive of the game where it's like, hey, all you need is two first downs and you win the game, and the Browns can't even do that. 
Baker's been bad, man. It's been a couple weeks in a row of not great. I mean, two weeks ago was the worst he's ever been. Last week he was better, but it's still, you know. I mean, look, the Bills tied up Josh Allen with that big contract. The Browns have not yet done that with Baker Mayfield. That says a lot. And then his girlfriend or wife or whatever goes on Instagram and she uh, writes a big message about how, you know, the Cleveland fans just don't know what they have in Baker Mayfield. He's so special, which I agree with. I love Baker, but the sensitivity kills me. You're being paid millions of dollars to play a game. Maybe have thicker skin. Maybe have thicker skin. That's all. All right. We're going to do the podcast now, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy Audrey. Now we're now we're into a podcast. Okay. We should have been recording the whole thing we were just talking about. Because I was just <laughs> telling you about how I'm going to be in so much cuz we're recording this kind of early in the morning. Are you a morning Very person? Very early in the morning. Um no, I'm, I identify as nocturnal. Okay. Um and I normally would be up this early either for work or to like catch a flight. And so I feel I say catch a flight as if I'm like jetting off places. I'm not. Um but so I do have like a low level of anxiety right now as if I'm missing something. Yeah. Um, because you would only be, because we're recording this at 7.15 in the morning. Yes. Which if I can be weird for a second, mm-hmm. I'm the opposite of you. I'm kind of the early person. Yeah. And I was that, I was conditioned that way. Yeah. That makes sense why at like 5.45 you stopped responding to my DMs and yeah. I was like, oh, he's probably asleep. Yeah. It's like 5.45 yeah. p.m. <laughs> yeah. He's had his dinner and he's just out. Well, can I tell you why though I've been conditioned? Why? Because it's actually, it's part of the reason why you're here. Okay. <laughs> I have been conditioned to wake up early. I'll work backwards. Okay. So current day, the reason I wake up so early, and by the way, 7.15, because 7.15 to me is like mid-morning, okay? Okay. I'm going usually around 4.30, 5 o'clock. Yeah. The reason is because it used to be, well, okay, I'll start with right now. So right now, so I own a couple businesses, and when you own a couple businesses, you basically from 8.30 a.m. on can't get any work done because it's just constantly phone calls, emails, poly, 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 right? That's all that happens. Mm -hmm. So the only work I can get done is like before 8 a.m. That's when I can actually kind of like do my stuff. Before that, it was radio. For 15 years, I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay. That sucked. That was stupid. Before that, it was crippling fear as a child of having to poop at school. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, so I do know what we're talking about today. All that, right. Just a little bit of that. Just a little. We, we got to get into some of that because okay. I, I don't meet many that are like me. Yeah, so, so basically, we're a different breed. Yeah, we're a different breed. So basically, uh, I literally was so petrified of having to poop at school uh-huh. that I would wake up so early. 
mm-hmm. that there was no possibility that I would have to go to school prior to having a, a bowel movement. Mm-hmm. It was going to happen for sure before we left for school. Yeah. That was my secret. Yeah. That's why I woke up so early. That's, uh-huh. that's what's been my whole life. Yeah. yeah. But a little bit in college, I would sleep till like noon sometimes. I mean, everyone's got to go through that phase. Yeah. 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 No, I get that. I get that. Um, so do I, do you, I, from our conversation, it sounds like you identify as having IBS. Do you? I think so. I'm not okay. diagnosed. Okay. Must we be diagnosed or no? It's kind of a catch-all term. I did have a conversation with my GI specialist a few days ago um, about how like people have diarrhea once in their life and they're like, I have IBS. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. But yeah. it is sort of a catch-all term. Um, so I'm not really sure if you actually need a diagnosis. I but it either. sounds... Um, like you do because i don't feel like quote-unquote normal people no. are waking up early to like plan no so they don't poop themselves no <laughs> but but i the whole reason i said this is because we were talking about early in the morning and like my wife is up and my child is up right now uh-huh. and my whole idea was we're gonna get the podcast in before that right and um i don't think we did because <laughs> no. it's happening right now like inside of that house right now there's a toddler yeah. who is keeping a 30 year old woman mm-hmm. who is dying to sleep awake mm-hmm. right now yeah and i will pay for that all day yeah but it's worth it to interview you audrey yeah oh. it's worth it. <laughs> thank you um we'll, we'll get into the ibs stuff we will okay <laughs> but first tell me i, I want to tell you also brand. the other reason you're here is because at some point i probably l- like to tweet or something of yours yeah and now you just show up constantly Okay. And uh, I think you're hilarious, and I think that you are very smart, and that you have awesome takes, and that your takes are either, like, brilliant or funny or both sometimes. Thank you. And it's great stuff. Thank you. Um, Honestly, I can't remember when we started following each other either, um, but I now forever will just associate you with, like, the radio sauce guy who poops himself, so I'm... I'm glad that my that's why this doesn't come up that often perception, the, the, that your perception of me is a little bit more sophisticated and nuanced because my perception of you is not <laughs> oh god that's right that's so bad I've really so, pigeonholed you it's really embarrassing actually I think about it Ra- radio sauce shit yeah that's not good no but it's <laughs> the you you dug yourself in this hole. I feel like this isn't on brand this is bad <laughs> I Sorry. Right. I don't know it's um, okay you know what is on brand always 100% of the time what authenticity yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so, right? Yeah. Yeah, I um I struggle sometimes with like how vulnerable I'm being online and how open I'm being and like whether or not those things will like follow me someday or something, but ultimately like you had said about authenticity, I've realized like if I'm that vulnerable in my day-to-day life, which I am, um like I should be that way on the internet too, I guess. Um, it makes life easier to live when you are authentic all the time. Yeah. Because people who put up fronts, and this is a lot, and a lot of people do this. And and listen, I'm not perfect. There's there's small fronts here and there, maybe occasionally, but for the most part, it's pretty authentic. And I'll tell anybody anything, anytime. And it does haunt me sometimes, especially in business, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that if you're being authentic in life all the time, you have nothing to hide. You have nothing. You're not like remembering your lies, right? That's right. the other thing. People are like living lies all the time. Sorry, I forgot I left these lights on. People <laughs> are like they're they're like. Um, I'll give you a good story. Get me in trouble. This uh-huh. is gonna get me in good trouble. Awesome. Because uh, now I'm talking shit on my family. Love it. My sister-in-law is. Uh, 24 or so okay a few so she's year- like my age she's like your okay. yeah okay so a few years ago we go on this family vacation to uh-huh. charleston north carolina it was my first time going on vacation with my wife's family okay and it was it was g- good for the most part but like i we, we i found out i had some clashes with her family because like 
<laughs> well, because they're they are the family that will go on vacation and go to the beach every day, all day, and that is all they will do. And I am the guy who will yeah. go to Charleston, South Carolina, and say I am amongst a lot of history right now. I need to go see this list of historical places. Yeah. Okay. So we clashed a little. Right. And um, also, I'm the guy who's going to go find the food. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Did like, you talk about this at one point and about how they like would eat? Yes. At a chain, okay. Oh I thought I heard you say that on it, connections. It's yeah. not even that they'll eat chain, like chain restaurants. It's that they will literally go to the grocery store, buy mm. a loaf of bread, ham, and cheese, and mm-hmm. say, "Now we have lunch for the week." See, I think that <laughs> like pre-celiac diagnosis, I would have judged that. Yeah. But now that is me. Like I do bring like a mini blender to hotels but to like. Here's the difference of celiac diagnosis. Aren't yeah, versus just. I guess loving ham sandwiches. I don't know what it is. I think it's like yeah. to them, it's like the practical. Th- anyway, so now that I'm <laughs> now that I'm heading towards down the road of divorce, uh-huh. <laughs> but my little sister-in-law at one point on this vacation, she's laying on the couch and she's kind of being miserable. I'll be honest with you. She's kind of okay. like everyone's kind of like, well, we're gonna stay away from Emma today, you know, okay. like we're not gonna. <laughs> She's just kind of like she's just kind of like on a rampage that day, uh-huh. and at some point in the middle of the day, and it's just a thing. You ever been around? Like, do you have any sisters or anything like that? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, I have a sister that's dead, um, and oh. then an older brother. <laughs> oh my god. Oh um so no in the sense that you're asking no <laughs> no okay all right i'm sorry it's maybe, okay <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we come back to that it's not, okay it's not always that doesn't happen that often that that's someone's response i don't get thrown off that often i'm not gonna lie but you got me. lost your story you it's me. okay i'm really sorry <laughs> it's okay i don't know do i uh, okay all no, right keep I'll going go with the story so i'm fine so it's just kind of that thing where it's like everyone is just kind of avoiding her uh-huh and all of a sudden just in the middle of this like this attitude ridden day she's just like dad uh-huh. And he's like, what, Emma? Dad! Uh-huh. He goes, what? Come here! And he comes, and she holds up her phone, and she puts on this glowing smile, uh-huh. and she takes a picture with him, and then she's like, thanks, and she goes right back to it. And then, like, <laughs> 20 minutes later, I'm on Instagram, and the picture is of her and her dad, and it's uh-huh. like, fam vacay, beach style, love and life, heart uh-huh. emoji, palms, or, uh, you know, uh, palm tree emoji, uh-huh. sun emoji, and I'm like... Oh my God, it's so fake. Yeah. It's all fake. Uh huh. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. If you don't have to live that, yeah. Then, and you just live like an authentic life, it's easier. Yeah. It's easier if you're just like, I'm in a bad mood today. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think that, like, on a, I think that one, I've just always been, like, very transparent, I guess. And um, I think as a sensitive person, I've, I don't know. I feel like I didn't really have another option because I wear my heart on my sleeve. But also, um, you know, to to bring it back, I guess, since my uh, sister died five years ago, I think that experiences like that have, um, again, like not given me the option to put on a front because it's like, yeah, if I'm like crying on public transportation today, I'm crying on public transportation today. Like if I have a panic attack in Wegmans, that's just how it's going to be and like that just is what it is um but I think also it's like given me um a greater awareness for like when I see those posts of you know reminding myself like I don't actually know what's going on in that person's life um because there were times like after my sister died where I would just like post a selfie because I you know felt cute and like if someone didn't know me and didn't look at my other post and didn't know what I was going through they'd just be like oh like she's 17 and like thinks she's all that whatever um 
when in reality, like I knew I was going through this deeper thing. Yeah. Um, it's so true. You don't but, know what people are going through in their day. It's so true. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that for, I think I've realized about myself that it causes me more stress to be disingenuous. Um, because as you said, like you feel like you're living this lie. Um, and I have this like deep fear of being misunderstood. Um, and I don't want to contribute to that, but I do think that for a lot of people, like keeping up certain appearances, like is how they cope with the other things going on in their oh, life. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For do you think social media is is really bad for people in general? Do you think that in order to sign up, that there should be a, a giant warning that says like warning, this could be bad for you and your mental health? Yeah, I saw I saw that um, discourse online since like Facebook and Instagram went down. Um, with some people thinking that that like should actually be a warning specifically for Facebook, but I'm not really sure. I think that, so I'm a member of Gen Z, I'm 23. Um, and you know, I also identify as like a community builder, a community organizer, an advocate, all these different things. Um, and I've really seen the ways that social media can, you know, not only build movements, um, and connect mm -hmm. people for the greater good, but I've also seen the way that, you know, you can make, genuine connections and genuine friendships and um really build each other up and empower each other um and that for a lot of people myself included i think that it is that place where we're able to be, be vulnerable and kind of let people know what's going on in their lives um but at the same time like yeah i do think that it contributes to um you know people's struggles with like anxiety eating yeah. disorders depression and all these different things yeah. um it's br it's brilliant what you're saying because it is kind of it is a it is a place where everyone is hanging out all the time yeah right like if i want to hang out with audrey which and, you do all the time which i do all the time, all the time. Is, every day <laughs> it's already easy <laughs> <laughs> but but if i could be i could be anywhere literally anywhere and i could be like i'm gonna go on twitter right now where yeah. audrey is probably hanging out right now uh, but, oh. <laughs> oh, this is my, my wife and child are coming out of the house right now. Look how cute he is. Look, he's so my, cute. That's my baby right there. Aww, how old is he? Guy. He's just about to be three. Aww. And look, and my wife has him taking out like the milk to throw away the milk. And oh he's barefoot. And walking I love it. Bubbles. How cute is he though? So cute. Oh my he gosh. He looks like, like my wife too. That's the best part. <laughs> I was um, a preschool teaching assistant for like years and years. Um, and yeah, that's like my favorite Favorite age. age yeah just because they're you know things are so new to them and like look at him he's like oh my god i just took out the milk like this is the best day ever he is having he is always but he's thriving he's life. not wearing shoes he's having yeah, a great time he is oh he's coming to say and hi, now I he's think. like dad's here in the car yeah he's with some girl the car, and he's probably, recording a podcast and, and the mom's like <laughs> literally do not right yeah <laughs> she's like it's my job to disrupt him and yell at him you're doing a good job of narrating this thank like you <laughs> <laughs> anyway um oh my God. <laughs> yeah he's cute he's just kind of running back and forth and i think my wife's probably telling him not to bother us but it is what it is look how cute he is um, um, anyway I i'm will, sorry i will say real quick though that i did not realize she had a dog on a leash and i did think that you guys were one of those families that put your child on a leash okay wait like, a from the, the way that the car is i couldn't see that you the leash tell. was not on the child all right so listen but anyway <laughs> I just want to get that you out there. That she came out with him on a leash. Just yeah. Now. Haven't be you seen people like that? I've seen people like yeah. that. And I will say, until you have children, don't. don't now, we've never put him on a leash. I I'm, just want to make this yeah. straight. Okay. He's never been on a leash. That's but good. I will say, <laughs> I, 
it's so bad to say this out loud. Once you have a three-year-old uh-huh. and you try to do literally anything yeah. in public, uh-huh. it occurs to you that it could have benefits if you. Oh, absolutely, don't. yeah. Because he doesn't. He's not gonna do anything you say. Yeah. He's gonna do his own thing 100% of the time. Yeah. So you go out in public and do whatever you want to do. And he is, uh, he's running away from you almost immediately. Yeah. I don't know where he went. Oh, there he's he is. Up okay, there. anyway. Um, so, people are like, this is the weirdest podcast ever. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, yeah, as a, as a kid, I was absolutely, like at his age and even younger, um, in like in the Weglands parking lot, I would always tell my mom, my do it myself, and I refused to hold her hand. Oh, yeah. um, so I definitely relate to that. And now that I'm, you know, a nanny and a babysitter and all these things, like, any time I try to take like the one and a half year old that I nanny like to Starbucks or whatever she's like what if we just like ran in the parking lot right now like what? that'd be so fun hold on time out because this conversation is about to get very unpodcast like for a second yeah Did you say you're a babysitter <laughs> yeah <laughs> are you available for hire at all because uh M- mommy and daddy occasionally like to go out for date night and it's not that easy to find babysitters i don't want to put that's you on actually the spot. why you brought me on today this- was to be like i've read your resume you have so much experience <laughs> Could you i'm desperate my- for a babysitter um yes i i am always taking on new people this is why also we're meeting early in the morning because um now your m- wife can meet me and be like wow you're normal your child will meet me <laughs> yeah well actually this whole podcast is your job interview oh great my okay. wife will listen to it later and decide i've Perfect. already gotten myself into the doghouse yeah because i've already talked shit on the family so you really need to take her out for a date now yes a breakfast date ideally could you okay. by any chance call <laughs> off work <laughs> yeah i won't go into hedonist today <laughs> how you guys doing Oh, good. I, think- I did say this feels like a drug deal. Um, why, did, why didn't you come inside? Can we go inside? So Paul texted me and said, I'm doing the podcast in my car at 7.15. I, and I thought he was like, do it by himself. No, unfortunately not. He did just give me the name of a car and was like, I'll be out here. And I texted a friend and was like, if I get murdered, I'll be in this car. Mm-hmm. It's weird. He, yeah. If he says it's weird, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, Audrey's available for babysitting. I just want you to know that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> she, her face just lit up. She's like, I don't care that you're being weird and podcasting in a car All like right. a serial killer. It's might, fine. Oh, I mean, we might have to edit some of this. I don't know. Maybe, whatever. Maybe I'll just leave it. <laughs> in. The great thing about podcasting versus radio is uh-huh. I'll just leave that whole thing in right there. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's all right. It's uh-huh. fine. Anyway. And like only the only person that's interested in it is like the other moms that I babysit for yeah. thinking that you're stealing <laughs> me away. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Well, what was I trying to say? I was about to redeem myself because I thought when we were talking about social media, because my I thought my wife had a, a somewhat brilliant idea, although, oh. it, you know, I think Mark Zuckerberg, the day that Facebook was down, lost, didn't he lose like half his net worth or something? Yeah. But that's not, it's not real. It's not money in a bank. That's like his net worth. And then it just went up the next day, didn't it? I mean, I don't know. I, I Okay. I don't know either. But what I'm trying to get around to is my wife does PR. She's PR marketing for Dixon Schwabel. Okay. Um, that's her day job. Yeah. And that night at dinner, she was talking about how she was like, Facebook should almost embrace this and, and say we're doing 24 hours. We're going off for 24 hours. We just think everyone needs a break. Let's just give everyone a break. Yeah. Because it was kind of popular. Right. Wasn't it? The yeah. idea that it was down. I thought that was a good idea. So that, I just have to say something nice to get out of the bad things I said about her. Family. No, she she seems, um, <laughs> She's even just from that me. brief interaction, she seemed like she has it together. Um 
Probably, she's, yeah. Yeah, she's more, way too, way more too than good for maybe me. some people in this car do. Um, <laughs> meaning you. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I completely agree. I think that would have been a, a good strategy for them, and I would have been more than okay with that. Yeah. Um, but it was weird to just like think that day, like, are all my accounts just gone forever? Like all the posts that I've made. And in terms of the vulnerability, um, I've in some ways used like Instagram and Facebook. Um, and Twitter to a degree as sort of a journal um, for like my grief, my chronic health journey, like all these different things. Um, and it was crazy to think like, wow, those things could just be gone forever. Yeah. Um, but I, and I wouldn't have been thrilled. Like I would have liked to have like archived those things, but also in terms of like generally people's mental health, a part of me definitely was, you know, yeah. A, wondering if maybe this was for the best if it went away forever well let me ask you this let's say twitter had been around for 200 years uh-huh. would you go back and read your great grandmother's tweets um i would i would go back and read my great grandfather's or great grandmother's yeah in a, in a second i would for mm-hmm. sure i think it is important that stuff yeah. sticks around because i hope one day he'll read stuff from when i was young mm-hmm. and be like oh daddy was young once you know like, yeah it wasn't always this old grump so to clarify do you think that Twitter is the new like reading your grandmother's tweets is the new version of like reading your grandmother's diary. I just don't. Is that think, what you're saying? I don't know that there's many adults keeping actual physical diaries anymore. Okay. I don't know. Are that? Do you think? I'm sure there there's some. Somebody yeah. somebody will email me right now saying I have a diary. But <laughs> but you know. But it, like probably don't, don't. Yeah, I exist. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't know that there's all that much diary keeping. I I don't know. I think people are putting their thoughts online. It's yeah. It's great in some ways. Have you ever had one come back to haunt you? Have you ever had a moment where a tweet or, or anything that went out where you're kind of like, uh-oh, because I'll tell you, because I'm significantly older than you, I'm 38, uh-huh. and I think all the time that if Twitter had been around when I was in my young 20s or my late teens, yeah. that I'd have a couple of uh-ohs out there, probably, yeah. probably. Have you ever had that happen to you? Not yet. Um, I have had an online presence, I guess, for lack of a better term, since I was... I don't know how old, maybe 10 or something or like nine. Um, Like my friends and I used to like make websites on Wix about ourselves um, uh, as if people cared about like (laughs) our friendship. Um, Like it would be like AudreyandSoren.com or like whatever. Um, But so I don't know. Like I know that I probably have said whack stuff on the Internet. Actually, I know for a fact I've said whack stuff on the Internet. Um, But I guess I don't. I would like to think that I didn't say anything that was offensive right. offensive yeah or that would like hurt someone's feelings but I, th- I think that more what I worry about um because I I I doubt that I ever did it's possible that I did but I think more my fear is you know as someone who's very politically involved um would I have had like a political take that would have hurt someone if that makes sense yeah of course and then like have my feelings evolved on that since then and then like people don't know that and then they think i still feel a certain way or something like that that has happened to people too yeah Yeah, what you're describing yeah so i yeah i guess what what i mean is like yeah i know i never did anything outrageous on the internet in terms of like i never use slurs or like anything like that you know what i mean that's that over um but i i do know that like my opinions are constantly changing and evolving and there's definitely stuff on the internet that i no longer agree with um but I, I try to remind myself that I am so young and 
someone hopefully will understand like what I said at 14 can be something that I felt at 14. There there needs to be context to everything. And the other thing is, I think that, you know, not, not talking about online, let's just take anyone's life, their entire life. If you take anyone's life on tape, you could probably isolate a piece of audio from their life at some point that would make them go, ooh, yeah. oh, I didn't mean that. I really didn't mean that. You yeah. know what I mean? I know you could definitely do it for me. And so I think that, you know, I've put some embarrassing stuff online. Uh-huh. My wife still, my wife still will, like during football Sunday, I'll tweet like crybaby tweets about the Cleveland Browns and my wife will still be like, you sound like a crybaby. It's a <laughs> game. Like, what are you doing? And yeah. I'm just like, he should have gotten the first down. Oh my God. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> like, I'm getting such like a vivid, like insight into your life now. Um, yes. now that I know that, um, yeah, I, I think that it is a, um, a balance between, you know, accountability culture and cancel culture and all those things. Um, and, you know, I, I do look back sometimes at people I've like either subtweeted uh, or been, you know, a part of that internet mob about. Yes. Um, I'm glad you're bringing this up. Actually. And yeah, and, and yeah. sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh, like that person wasn't trying to be awful and they didn't know better and then they did better and i don't know it, i i think that um you know i really want to be someone who forgives people and who has grace and you know that's a thing that i'm constantly trying to work on um but i do feel like when i'm like on twitter in like you know the cave that is my bedroom or whatever and i'm just like bruh, 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 and like mad yeah. <laughs> uh that it is easy to just forget that the other person on the other side of the screen is a real person um and especially in a town like rochester like not only there are they a real person but there's someone that i probably have mutual friends with or someone <laughs> i could run into at wegman's or just in general like they're an actual person oh, yeah. who lives around me it's not that um, big of a city either you're probably going to run into everyone at some point you know? yeah it's just not that big of a city yeah yeah, I, it's uh, so I don't know. It's a, there's there's a lot to talk about with that. We could probably go on forever about it to tell you the truth because I mean there's just there's a million thoughts. But really, the reason that you're here is because I was reading through all your tweets and I was like, this girl's awesome. Uh, I did see something I want to talk to you about. The oh, you God. said that you worked for years for nonviolence. Um, yeah. So what, can you talk about that a little bit? I don't like I I don't I'm not familiar with. Is it a specific charity? Is it a yeah, yeah, so I, um, in high school, I was unschooled, so I, I didn't go to school, but like when I was a teenager, um, which is how I also just had the time to do all these things. Um, I was a volunteer for the MK Gandhi Institute for Nonviolence, and then I was also an intern there. Um, so I've taken, you know, countless workshops about nonviolent communication, Kingian nonviolence, all these different things. Um, and so that is, you know, a daily practice, something that is really important to me. Um, but, um, you know, through that, I also did, um, you know, mediation at a K-3 grade school in the city of Rochester, um, mediating conflicts between students to try to reduce, like, in-school suspension rates and things like that. Um, so, yeah, the tweet in question was that I really try to be nonviolent, um, but then as soon as I'm in Pittsburgh and someone <laughs> almost hits me, like, that goes out the window um and in the context of kids actually the little girl i babysit um it's helpful for me to have her in the car because i can't swear i can't flip someone off you know what i mean um and so that's really teaching me how to you know 
in those situations to be like, that was really silly. Mm. What that driver did was really silly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Things oh, like yeah. that instead of what I normally do. <laughs> You're learning which is it like way scream. earlier. Scream. Yeah. yeah. You're getting it way earlier than I got it. I, I yeah. With him sitting back there sometimes, you know, I'll be like, I mean, great. Yeah. It's all good. You yeah. Know? You're like, ha ha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah yesterday, mm. I almost got hit in the Pittsburgh Wegmans um, crosswalk like, because no one stopped, even though it was very clearly a stop sign. Um, and I was so mad uh, that I, I, literally just stopped and like shook my fist and started yelling um which maybe made me look crazier than the person who almost ran me over um (laughs) but i was like i would rather look crazy and like teach them a lesson even though they don't care that i'm standing there shaking my fist at them well well, you're angry and you got to get it out somehow and that helped you get it out yeah Yeah, i guess some people run um i like screaming to myself in my car yeah that's i don't know that's my thing i have actually thought about that in terms of moving to a bigger city like what would i do without being able to go for a long drive in rochester like get on the expressway and just like play like the jagged little pill album or like lizzo like front to back yeah and get out my rage like i don't think i could oh my god i can relate to that so much that's honestly that's how i used to deal with it too yeah 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 Yeah, because i just have all this yeah energy and i need to get it out somehow and um I don't know. Some people again do drugs or whatever, and I'd w- <laughs> I would rather just sing in my car. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a help. That's healthy. Nonviolence is is obvious. It's obviously it's it's the right answer, of course. Uh-huh. And it's you're like, it's, but also. <laughs> well, no, hold on. I know that sounds like I'm gonna say, but it's you know, in regular life with regular people, of course, it makes sense. Like no no human being should ever be striking each other. That it's terrible. It's awful. Where it gets sticky is when you get to war and countries mm-hmm. and politics, and that's where it gets sticky because. They just, and I guess I I should say we probably don't give them enough credit because they do resolve a lot of things without going to war. But sometimes they go to war and then people die and it's the worst thing ever. And so that's why that struck out to me is because wouldn't it be wonderful if we could live in a world of nonviolence? I don't know if it's possible and it's not... It's not me and you that make it impossible. I mean, domestic violence is one of the ugliest things in the world, yeah. right? That's probably never going away, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. As much as we advocate for it, we create safe places for battered people to go to. It, it, it sucks. War is the thing that that is that really sucks to me because it's just so many people lose their lives. Yeah, and the the ability for these important people who we've elected and they're 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 the top political people in the world and even they they're mm-hmm. supposed to be our examples right they're the examples of how we're supposed to live our lives and they get to these situations where they can't come up with any option other than to than to literally get into a fight because that's what a war is it's like well then we're going to fight you yeah. you know it it scares me that the biggest problems in our world sometimes get resolved by people just deciding let's get into a fight what yeah. hope is there for us if that's the, if that's that? Let me I'll start yeah. the car again. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> car gave up. On um, us. it's okay. Um, yeah, I my so my dad's um, a U.S. American history professor, um, and he specializes in um, World War II and things like that. And so, you know, I do spend a lot of time thinking about things like war. Like, I grew up having you know documentaries of the horrors of war being played in my living room. Like, that's what I would walk through every day. Um, but I and so I it's definitely something that I'm very sensitive about um, in terms of like that's a a tender place in my heart for um, you know people in other countries who are dying unnecessarily um, because of the atrocities that we're committing Um, but also 
you know, I've realized as I've gotten older that everyone sort of needs to pick a thing um, as an activist or an advocate or an organizer Mm -hmm. or just someone who's passionate. And, you know, I've realized that my thing is violence prevention more in terms of children or in terms of um, policing or reducing gun violence or all these different things Um, or, you know, ending intimate partner violence. Um, And that honestly, things like um, war or just anything sort of related to, you know, international issues, I guess. Um, I'm like, that's above my pay grade. (laughs) And I'm a volunteer, so it's way above my pay grade. Um, Because, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know how to solve those things. And I know that what we're doing right now isn't working. And, you know, you're not supposed to keep doing the same thing if it's not working. Um, But that's what we keep doing doing and expecting a different result. Um, But, yeah. I don't know. I just try to like learn what I can and have meaningful conversations with people about it and help um, however I'm able. Um, you know, for instance, if it's like refugees coming to Rochester, things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know how we address that. Yeah, it sucks. the the big the big The big stuff really sucks. But the work that you're doing with what you were just talking about the the kind of the, the stuff that you can actually get your hands on. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit more local centralized is. It's great work. Thank you for doing that. That's awesome stuff. Cause I that that resonates with me very much. I like that. Also, I am six uh, four, three hundred pounds, uh-huh. and people view me as he must be tough. He must be, but I am not. No, I am. You're the soft guy <clears throat> who poops his pants. Yeah, I'm the you're soft very guy. soft. I'm the soft guy. <laughs> That's right. I'm the soft guy that moves his pants. Yeah. So I, I'm very like, uh, I don't know. I, you know, everyone's always like, I want him on my side in a fight. And I'm always like, trust me. You do you not. don't. <laughs> I'm the guy who will go off to, I will find the pacifist on the other side of the fight. And uh-huh. I'll be like, you want to grab a coffee? And like, let's talk about this. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> okay, God. I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You'd be like, do you want to come on my podcast and like hash this out? Do you want to beef this out on air instead yeah. of like with your fist? Well, I've got my backpack with me. We can whip out the microphones and like, yeah. let's do a podcast about this. Yeah. Fight. And <laughs> yeah. then they like, <laughs> you know, troll them around or something. <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. <laughs> I got to be respectful. You got to go to work. You start work at 830, right? You work a hedonist? I do. Yes. Yeah. We don't have to talk too much about hedonist, but I do, I must say, awesome spot. Thank awesome you. local chat. What do you do there? Um, so I was um, the owners, um, Jennifer and Maddie Posey. I was their um, babysitter. They have two sons, um, so I've been babysitting for them for years. And then during the pandemic, they didn't need childcare because they were also having another baby. Um, but, you know, once things started opening up a little bit again, um, fall a year ago, I was like, hey, I know you don't need a babysitter, but I still need income. Um, so could I possibly work at your store? Um, because I also someday could imagine myself owning my own business. Um, so I wanted to see, like, how is a not only a local business run that is so successful, but also, you know, how is a, a woman owned business, a gay owned business, all those things? Like, how um, do they navigate that? And um you know they are so successful and have such a positive reputation in the community um so yeah i am not one of the chocolatiers i do not make our salted caramels i do not actually make any of the product um but i do everything you know from packaging to selling to um yeah i don't know what what have you uh i I love hearing that you like entrepreneurship because obviously that's for me that's a big thing too what uh what have you learned what do you think yeah, um, I 
I don't know. I think we have the best customers, and I I know that every business probably says that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been so special to see the way that food can really bring people together. Yeah. Um, and if they and I and I honestly really love helping people. You know, pick out chocolates whether it's for themselves as a treat. Like I've had, you know, in the height of COVID, like nurses come in and buy themselves, you know salted caramel ice cream or something after a really hard day um or you know i had um my sister's old palliative care doctor come in and buy um chocolates for everyone in in the palliative care um, part of strong and things like that um and you know i i guess in terms of what i've learned um i've learned that like that's what i want in terms of like i want someday if i owned a business i want it to be somewhere where people know that they can come no matter what they're feeling like you can come when you're down and buy something to pick yourself up or you can come because you're down and you know our employees are friendly and nice and funny and you want that pick me up or again you can come when you're already having a good day Mm -hmm. um you know we have tons of um couples who you know order wedding favors from us or um uh you know um maddie has her own letterpress printing business we get people through that like all these different things um what type of business do you think you would want to start um since i have celiac disease and there is well there's a new gluten-free restaurant that opened up in henrietta that's completely gluten-free um but other than that there's no restaurant what's it called i think it's called ninja gut i haven't been there before yeah um but in terms of the actual city of rochester there's no restaurant that is 100% gluten-free. Um, and I think that that's, you know, like selfishly, that has really impacted my life in terms of, you know, going out to eat with my family or friends is always fearing that I'm going to be cross-contaminated and then get really, really sick. Um, and so I hope that someday I could open somewhere where other people feel safe, whether yeah. they have diagnosed celiac disease or they have, you know, another autoimmune disease where they need to eat gluten-free or they just feel better when they eat gluten-free. Um, or again, just somewhere safe for family members to take their it's, loved ones who are gluten-free. I think it's a great idea. And, and obviously... The, so the, you're my first investor. Um, <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Okay. Well, you're, you're, you know, it, uh, we were talking earlier about authenticity. Uh-huh. It's authentic to you. You would love it. The, the most important thing with a business is you have to love it like it's your child. It yeah. has to be something that you just do 24-7 yeah. without even batting an eye. It's not work. Yeah. It feels like work sometimes. Don't get me wrong. But it's not work. It's just 24-7. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting you'd say that because we just had this, we had this um, like audit at my factory. Mm. And... Um, we don't have any um we like we don't have any peanuts in our facility okay mm, so right. it's like a big thing it's with no peanuts peanut free facility yeah. and the auditor said what about break time and i was like oh I, what do you mean like what about break time so what about what let's say your employee comes out mm-hmm. and your employee has a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch in this break oh, room and right. then re-enters production right. without exercising the proper GMPs. Like yeah. what? And I, that kind of blew my mind because like, yeah. I didn't even think about that because right. when, you, when you're going to make a claim like that and say we're gluten-free, we're peanut-free yeah. or whatever, like that, that, that doesn't just mean the food you serve. That means the entire, the entire facility building. has to be. Yeah. So if I work for you at your gluten-free restaurant and I want to bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch, right. you have to be like, uh, yeah. uh I'm going to no. be like, get out of here. You <laughs> yeah. have to eat that on the sidewalk. Yeah, or you much. have to go in this creepy car and eat it um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eat your sandwich um yeah it is 
it is fascinating um, all the places that allergens can hide in terms of food, beauty oh, products, all these yeah. different things. Um, people don't realize it, you know. People don't realize how many of the major allergens are yeah. in so many things. Yeah. Um, soy. Soy's in like everything. There's so oh, many yeah. things with soy in it, and people don't yeah. even realize that. Um, people, Worcestershire, like the hardest thing you'll ever say in your life. I yeah, love you. Not even gonna I try. was wrong, and Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. The three hardest things. But it has anchovy in it, and people that never, oh. people never realize that there's fish so now there's fish in there and people are always like where's their fish in this barbecue right. sauce and i'm like you have worcestershire sauce in your barbecue sauce wow that has fish in it yeah, yeah. it's just they're hiding everywhere like yeah. you said yeah yeah H- have you been accidentally served uh you know been told oh yeah it's just gluten-free and then somebody gives you something and then you're like okay whatever i just ate this is wreaking havoc um i am sure that i have in terms of I don't think that I've ever actually been served like something as over as, you know, glutinous bread or a bun right, or something right. like that. Um, but I definitely know that there's been like cross contact or things like that. Oh, yeah. um, or, you know, I've certainly received like a salad at a restaurant and they said it was gluten free, um, but then it had croutons or something oh, yeah. like that. And yeah. then I send it back. and I'm like, actually, I'm good. Like, yeah. I I can't, you know what I mean? I can't do this anymore. Like I can't trust this place. Um, and that's the other thing that frustrates me is like, I am more than fine for a restaurant to tell me they can't serve me. Like if they think I'm a liability and they know that they can't safely accommodate my health needs, I'll be like, Oh, that's totally fine. Like I'll just get a coffee and hang out with like, whatever friend I'm with or whatever yeah. um like don't lie don't, don't lie. lead me yeah. on in terms of that yeah. authenticity well, you, like say that you love gluten and that gluten's everywhere in the kitchen <laughs> and I'll be like awesome cool well, I think maybe they maybe they feel like they can't maybe they feel like they're not allowed to say no to a customer is what it is like you're there yeah. and they like their their job is they have to say yes to you no matter yeah. what so they're just like yes 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 and then they go back and they're like oh by the way she has a gluten allergy yeah and then by the time that actually gets to like the person preparing your meal it's just become like oh uh we're not sure this should have gluten on it right <laughs> or something you know i don't know whatever yeah um yeah it um i remember there was a place that has since closed um and i i won't roast them online um although i think we may have dm'd about this before <laughs> that said um that they were a gluten-free kitchen that is like how they branded themselves and then my mom and i went there and yes. on the menu like it was literally gluten and we clarified like they, they just straight up served gluten and like their vegetarian menu had meat things on it and like all this stuff and they weren't substitutes um and just stuff like that like when that happens like that's what really bugs me because again like you could still be successful without that false branding um and again just like words mean things yes, like a gluten-free things. kitchen yeah means means there's no gluten <laughs> when somebody talks out of both sides of their ass sometimes that i remember that conversation actually yeah. i had forgotten about that i didn't know they closed first of all but <laughs> i think they closed okay well we don't even say <laughs> they are but, wow. but uh you know if they were up to no good then good for them but i do get a little bit i'll give you another uh, again this is one i don't want to say the name i'll tell you offline but um business local business very popular business by uh-huh. the way and the owner of this business touts quality 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 mm-hmm. and then like i started working with them for a little while and it was not that it yeah. was very much cheap 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 yeah. turn around tell the public quality 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 Ugh. and i'm going oh mm. this is this is no good yeah and like that it's just disingenuous what happens if you get the celiac flare-up though is that where ibs comes in or is that something different yeah um so yeah celiac can have over 200 symptoms um so 
yes, it, it could really be anything. Um, I definitely have IBS like outside of celiac disease. Yeah. I'm still in the process of trying to figure out um, if there's more going on with my body in terms of like maybe another autoimmune condition. Um, but yeah, I predominantly have GI symptoms if I'm glutened and things like that. Um, Any thyroid, anything you ever have that looked in? I have, no. yeah. No yeah. no thyroid, no, okay. no Lyme, no lupus. So I have a, a little thyroid. Thyroid. I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yet you eat gluten. <laughs> That's like one of the things I think that they say with that, yeah, that you're supposed to be gluten free. Uh, you know, a friend of mine, but you're a too client Italian. of mine, Stephanie Eide has Hashimoto's thyroiditis and every time I see her she always goes you should give up gluten you'd be amazed how good you'd feel I don't know that I feel bad but I will say that right before my wedding I for six weeks I was vegan for six days a week so Mm -hmm. I was mostly vegan for about Mm -hmm. six weeks in my life this is six years ago at this point and I felt amazing yeah so it made this the only time in my life that I ever thought I don't like right now there's no diet, anything like I'm eating gluten, everything, and I don't feel like I feel bad. Yeah. But then when I do that for a couple of weeks, I feel I feel amazing, and I go, Oh my right. god, maybe I felt bad, and I didn't even realize I felt bad. Yeah. 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 I think I remember um, when I was diagnosed with celiac um, that I I knew it was real because like the blood test said I had it, my you know um, diagnostic procedure said I had it, all those different things, um, but I didn't have distinct memories of like eating gluten and throwing up you know or things like that um i just knew that i had this general you know chronic illness in terms of you know nausea diarrhea exhaustion joint pain all these things um and yeah and i think i think that um as americans we kind of assume that things are immediate and so it's like I eat this and then I immediately throw up or yeah. like I immediately have to take a nap or like whatever symptoms happens but um for certain things like even dairy it can be you know a while afterwards and and for something like gluten if you have celiac you know it can affect you for like up to four months you know Ooh, what I mean yeah. um and it can take days you know to actually like show up so that's the other thing is I wasn't realizing that oh all of those symptoms still might have been because of gluten even if I didn't immediately have a notable reaction. That's fascinating because I didn't know that. I didn't know it could yeah. be days because that scares me now because now I think about <laughs> where I go, well, I will eat a big pasta yeah. every Sunday afternoon and I will feel fine afterwards. Yeah. And then, you know, who's to say Tuesday night when all of a sudden something flares up that that yeah. wasn't because of Sunday? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's hard to not be paranoid um, about it because it, you're constantly yeah wondering – Am I feeling this way yeah. because there was cross contact or actual like overt gluten somewhere? Uh, you know, and I know you had to go to work, but this is when I don't, I I don't have to. Technically, th- don't have to work till nine thirty. So oh, nine thirty. Okay, <laughs> nine thirty. Maybe I said eight thirty, but no. Okay, so time. well now, so then let me because uh, then let's talk about this. Gluten's now, my whole brand. Well, let's go. Okay, let's do this because <laughs> now I got I got to learn some stuff about myself. Can All I right. get a little selfish for a second? Yeah. Because sounds like you got a lot more research on this than me. Because yeah. my research has been mostly field research. No, I feel me. like Gwyneth Paltrow or something where I'm just yeah. like, here's my health advice, completely on. Qualified. Let me diagnose you. Okay. Okay. So, IBS been a part of my life yeah. forever. Okay. You two are besties. Yeah. I talked about it a lot before. Then I started a food business, and then it was like maybe you shouldn't be talking about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. With you. So we were talking about being authentic, and then yeah. all of a sudden here I am not being authentic because I'm like, right. well, but it was all. I always felt like I was still being authentic because that stuff was out there. Like I talked about that very publicly for a very long time. Yeah. And then I kind of phased it out as mm-hmm. I started to be this food guy. Right. But here we are. Let's do it. Yeah. So it's been a part of my life for a long time. And I've had a really, really hard time figuring out what does and what does not trigger 
it. There's mm-hmm. some consistent things. There's some foods that I know for a fact. If mm-hmm. I eat that food, we're in trouble. It yeah. ain't going to work out. There's other foods that I know for a fact. If I eat that food, I'm going to feel fine. I'm going to feel great afterwards. No yeah. problems whatsoever. And then there's some stuff where it's like it's a crapshoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pun intended. Pun intended, I guess. Yeah. yeah it. Um, What's up with the crapshoot foods? I don't understand. Why do they sometimes and then other times no? Yeah. I don't know. O- honestly, I'm not sure. I, I think, again, for people who um, do have IBS that um you know there's so many factors in terms of like your stress anxiety um or just you could have a flare-up in general um or maybe it is depending you know on the amount of food you have or how it's cooked like some people can have cooked onions but they can't have raw onions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um all those different things or some people can have like only certain kinds of cheeses or maybe they can't drink milk but they could you know eat cheese or all those different things um and there's, you know, elimination diets and things like that, like low FODMAP. Some people do Whole30 um, that you can do to, you know, kind of address your symptoms and get your inflammation down. And then, um, you know, slowly reintroduce foods to figure out what your flare foods are. Um, That's interesting. That seems yeah. like that requires a lot of patience. It does. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have that patience. I don't know that I have either um, yeah. because I've... I've never really committed to it. Um, like once my symptoms go away, I'm like, boom, bam, I'm back. Like, and yeah. just eat <laughs> whatever yeah. I was eating. Um, and I generally do like eat healthy in terms of like plant-based and things like that. Um, but, you know, it's hard when I go to the doctor because people, you know, they'll say like, what do you eat? And I'm like, uh, anything that doesn't make me throw up. Like, and so some weeks that's like a lot of salads and other weeks, like I'm only drinking broth and eating gluten-free toast. You know what I mean? Um, Cause yeah, every like I never know when I put something in my mouth if it's gonna make me yeah. like sick and dry heave. <laughs> I, I honestly I I can relate to that. That that happens with me too. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And then I will say that there is there are two factors to it. So I think there's one is is the stuff we're talking about that's truly I guess biological is the word yeah. maybe right. Really has to do with my body and just the 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 makeup of my body. Right. The other side that I was telling you about the. I started the podcast by telling you about waking up so early in the morning for school. There was also a part of it that was coming from just a crippling anxiety that was totally in my head about being so afraid of the possibility that it would happen to me in public. So afraid, so much so, that I credit Uh it happening to me in public with helping cure me of that side of things. This is a this is a story that came out way before I was uh-huh. ever started the sauce business. One morning, I go to the radio station, and I get out of the car, and I, it's actually on my way to the radio station. I start feeling like, uh oh, okay, all right. I get closer, and I'm going. This can be a photo finish, right? Yeah. I get there. I have to run across the parking garage. Mm-hmm. I see somebody I know who stops me to oh, talk no. to me for 10 seconds. Have you told them since then? That, oh, like, yeah. they're well, the they reason found, why? They found out that day. Okay, good. <laughs> they good. Found out I like just wanted that. to be sure. <laughs> they found out that morning. I get on the elevator at work. Oh, no. And it happens on the elevator. Oh, boy. The thing, the worst thing. Possibly and that, so, like, an enclosed space also? Enclosed. Oh, the enclosed space absolutely was what put it over the edge. Yeah. Because here's but what happened. But there's no one else in the elevator, right? No one else in the elevator. And, and how many times in my life, so we were on the 16th floor, how many times in my life would I hit 16, mm-hmm. and then I would look at my phone, and three seconds later, it'd be ding, 16, I'd be like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> that morning, I hit one. Yeah. 
30 minutes go by. Right. Ding, two. So, yeah. 30 minutes go by. Ding, three. And by the time it hit like three, I was like, this isn't going to work. And then it just happened. Yeah. It happened. I immediately figured out I have to clean this. Now, again, I get to work very early in the morning, so there's nobody around. Mm-hmm. I have to, um, almost nobody around. I have to clean this up. I have to take care of this. So, um, and I have to go home, obviously. Yeah. I need to shower and change. There's a lot happening here. Yeah. Okay? And I'm looking at the clock and I know when people are going to be in. Well, just the day before, they had laid a couple people off. Mm. So some people came in earlier than normal the next day. And let's yeah. just say it was discovered. Okay. The, <laughs> I get back. The, the security guard is like waiting for me. And he's like, somebody in the, somebody shit in the elevator. And I go, oh, hold on a second. I know exactly what you're going to say, and I can explain. Wait, so how – I'm confused because I guess – so I've, I'll be honest and say I've never pooped myself. That's yeah. um, not – God bless you. Yes, I do feel blessed yeah. um, and highly favored because of that. But I would have imagined that it would have just stayed in your pants. No. Also, I know some people tuned out like five minutes ago. Shorts. This is a big phobia. Wearing shorts. Oh. Yeah. oh. Yeah, yeah, so it like yeah. came out the bottom. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's That's – really cool no good that's and a great legacy to leave it's a great legacy station. to leave so basically so and then you work on the radio right. so there are many many people listening to and i go in and that, of course that ruins my whole morning so I, i'm working with this guy brother wheeze do you know brother wheeze i know of yes brother wheeze is this guy who's been on the radio in rochester yes. for years and years and years um has a very loyal audience okay yeah. And uh, I go in, and I'm his producer at the time, and I tell him, I go, Weez, I, I've got no prep. Like, I've not done any producing yeah. because this morning <sighs> I shit myself on my way in. Yeah. And he just looks at me and goes, bro, no producing needed. That's our show. Oh, my God. <laughs> and were you like, bet I'm in? Or were you like, I have my dignity? No, no, no. Brett, bet I'm in. Okay. I'm be- bet I'm in okay. because at this point, I'm again, I've always been pretty, pretty transparent. I'm like, you know what? absolutely like this needs to be our show because it's already occurring to me it's only been two hours it's already fully occurred to me that this is an epic story okay this is epic because a guy down the hall got into the elevator before it was cleaned up and didn't know and stepped in it yes audrey it's the worst thing that could ever happen to you yeah nope it uh the security guard discovered it they shut down the elevator and put a big sign on it that says it's off limits and then, after all this, the worst thing could ever happen to you, we literally turn on the radio station and we begin broadcasting the play-by-play of all of this to thousands of people. Wow. I'm sitting here now, like, 10 years later to tell you. And you're shaking. <laughs> it, it, it cured me. It cured you. It cured yeah. me from the social anxiety part of it. Yeah. Because now I have almost zero fear. Yeah. Because now you're kind of invincible. There, well, there's still the the biological part still exists. Like it's right. still there. It still happens. I still get an upset stomach sometimes, mm-hmm. and I still have moments where I need to excuse myself because yeah. you know, listen, I got to go to the bathroom. Right. But that crippling fear of it happening yeah. does not exist anymore. I have no embarrassment about it anymore, and I'm just kind of like, you know what, I got to go to the bathroom. This could take a while, everyone. Ha ha ha. You know, and then it's like a little stupid joke, whatever. Yeah. And it is what it is. It's all right. Like I haven't lost friends. I haven't lost family. Like yeah, it's. Okay. It turns out it's gonna be okay if you have to poop. That's what I'm trying to get around to. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've I have tried to become 
more open um, about my health issues. Um, and it's it's been surprising that, yeah, like people generally speaking, if you surround yourself with kind, understanding people, uh, yeah, people don't run away screaming. Like when no. you tell them that you um, need to go to the bathroom for a few minutes. Yeah. Right? Like, and it's yeah. not like any detail. You have to tell them details. No, I'm you, just like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. People are like, all right. Yeah. Go off. Yeah. Like, but there is, there's one difference, though. I'd say that the problem, I think, with, like, men versus women is men. I will go in the bathroom and sit on my phone for 15 minutes. So, like, it's very apparent what I'm up to. Uh-huh. I think women somehow, even when they have to poop, are in and out like that. Like, my wife will be like, I have to, wow, God, I'm going to be in so much trouble. After this <laughs> oh, podcast. my God. I can't even believe what I was I forgot we were even on a podcast for a second. But she's in and out in, like, 30 seconds. I'm like, yeah. how'd you do that? Yeah. My, um, my <laughs> old roommate would get frustrated with me because I would be like oh my gosh I gotta go to the bathroom and like run from whatever I was doing um and then yeah I'd be like in and out (laughs) very quickly and then it wouldn't even smell like it was just like boom bam done and she was like I thought she's like I thought you would go to the bathroom I'm like I did it was hell like I almost fainted like whatever um (laughs) and she's like I she's like it smells better in here than when you left like what um yeah so I don't I don't know if Mm. I I don't know if if poop is somehow gendered, um, or if I've or if or if I've just been again somehow blessed. Um, My experience with that. has been somehow <laughs> women are able to poop very quickly, and yeah. men seem to be in there for about twenty minutes. It's yeah. Just, yeah, I don't know if it's that you guys. I don't know. Have I like now? I'm like thinking about yeah, just like gender is a social construct, and I'm like, have I been conditioned to know how to poop and like no one ever taught you guys? Like, are you guys <laughs> like are we doing something different? In terms of the actual, like, being in the bathroom. Honestly, I think men are lazy. I think it's our break. Yeah. We consider it to be a break. And I think we spend, like, 15 minutes in there being like, okay, I'm in here. I spend the first two or three minutes getting down to business. And now I've got a 10-minute break. Minutes. How? Okay. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then it's like 10 or 15 minutes of now I've got a break. Because here's the other thing. I'm also an employer of several young men. And they're in there for 20 minutes each also. And wow. sometimes I'm going. Your employees are going to all text you and be like, Polly, <laughs> you're not allowed to talk about my bowel movements on the radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they seem podcast. to be in there. Everyone seems to be in there forever is all I'm saying. Okay. Including myself. I don't know what that's about. I don't know either. Don't yeah, know that's, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, I, I try to, um, you know, if I'm at work or something like that, I try to time it to be like, you know. I can tweet one funny thing from the bathroom, and then by the time I'm done tweeting, like I'm good. I've I've done my business. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think the fear of having an accident. Do you is, have that or no? I definitely have that. Okay. Um, but, but you never had one. No. Um, I hope that it never does happen. But I think that also, um, I sort of because I'm so afraid of it, have definitely limited myself in terms of you know. I'm not gonna go on a long hike. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna go camping. Oh, um, yeah. Hell no. You know, it's also those things are because like I hate bugs and some of these. And did you know a hike? But... Did you know this? A hike is really just a long walk. <laughs> it well, it, I mean, sometimes they're like uphill or like there's mosquitoes. Even worse. Even yeah. Worse. Well, I guess what I mean is like I like long walks. Oh, you like but a long a hike, walk? I'd be like, oh my god. Okay. Yeah, a hike is like a walk, but with some challenges in there. Yeah. That's unnecessary. Yeah. I'm not a big walk person. No, <laughs> I'm definitely the person like on a dating app. If someone says they're like either, you know, active or looking for a workout buddy or whatever, I'm like swipe left. We are not. Yeah. Compatible. The like I'm an is... active person, but I'm 
I'm not going to like go on hikes with you every Saturday morning at 5 a.m. <laughs> How about long walks on the beach? Uh, <laughs> no, because there's no bathrooms on the beach. I no can't bathroom. do that. No, like I, I like a park, um, you know, where there's a bathroom or mm. I like a park where, you know, so, somewhere like Highland Park, like I could go into the Lamberton Conservatory if need be yes. um, or something like that. You oh, know my God. I, mean? I love that. So have you scoped? Because I've done this. Too. Oh, yeah. You've got I'm like, an expert. Yeah, me, too. I, you know all the public bathrooms. You're like, I know where I'm safe. I know where I'm not. Yeah. What about when you're in a new place? Because I think I tweeted or I was texting you or whatever. The, what is it called? Direct messaging. Yeah. You this. How about this? Go to a new place that you're unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Always mm-hmm. within the first couple minutes, I use the restroom. Not because I need to use the restroom. Because yeah. I need to scope out the situation just to know. Am I safe here? Am I not safe here? Yeah. Is that normal for us IBSers or not? I think it's normal. Okay. Yeah. I think it's normal. Um, but... Again, I'm I'm kind of a, a biased source. Um, I don't know that an average person would no. say that that's normal. No, no, average. Um, no, I, what I meant is normal for us. Oh, for us, yeah, yes. definitely normal for us. Not normal for them. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no. None of they've again tuned out. None of this is normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or okay. Um, and you know what's great too is I'll go to a bar, like bar, restaurant, wherever I go to, and like I can always tell by the bathroom too. Like some people, I'm just like, thank you. Like this is a great. There's like multiple stalls. By the way, why would you have a restaurant that sits? 200 people and one fucking stall yeah. excuse my language every time i see that it pisses me off because yeah. i'm like this does not make sense the math here does not add up it does not it does not add up because you're a it's gonna be occupied the whole night just mm-hmm. the whole night and second of all if you happen to be occupied by it you have about five seconds until someone comes in and rattles the door yeah and then they're somehow just puzzled at the fact that there's someone in there so they rattle it again yeah and you're just like ah, leave me alone yeah <laughs> i've had that at you know um Lux or other places where you know you think you lock the door but like you can't it's so loud you can't hear someone knocking um and so then I'm and there's always a line and so then I'm like in there panicked and I'm like oh my god what if someone opens the door I think that that is actually what I'm more afraid of is um of someone like seeing me in that vulnerable state like I think because I walked on other people in the bathroom and it's traumatizing Um, it is traumatizing it's traumatizing for both people for both people yeah well that's what I mean like I'm not trying to traumatize anyone like I want to make the world a better place and so I am like locking the door when I go to the bathroom but then there's other places you go to where there's beautiful like multiple stalls Mm -hmm. it's clean there's toilet paper stocked how about that one too when they just the the other thing is like a a club or something like a Lux and I don't know anything about Lux but any club or whatever some club that'll just be like this one half roll of toilet paper this will be good for all night and I'm just like what are you guys thinking no that's why you gotta carry a little thing of tissues in your purse or something like that you got your just in case yeah yeah, just That's in case. Right. Yeah, people just think I cry a lot, and I'm like, no, I'm just <laughs> very, very sick all of the time. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I do remember uh, when I was in Italy as a teenager that it was an issue, though, that so many places would have those um, toilets on the ground. Oh yeah. You stand over, and I was yeah. like, do you, do you understand what you're making me do? <laughs> like, this is dehumanizing for everyone involved. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but also, but they looked at, so I lived in Italy for a year. I was an exchange student. They looked down on us for not having bidets. Yeah. Yeah, when I was like, we don't have the bidet. And they were like, well, what do you, what do you guys yeah, do? And I was like, it. well, we just, we, 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 we wipe. Right. And then they're kind of like, but that doesn't get everything. And I'm like, they're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. My one um, uh, friend, her parents, um, they're from another country and so when i go over to their house they always like put toilet paper in the bathroom for me um or if another you know person from america um is coming because normally they just have like i think they use a 
watering can or like some or like a pitcher or something like as a DIY bidet or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and and it. I think that that was yeah the first. Yeah, I guess maybe in Italy I used an actual bidet. Um, yeah. But in terms of, like, not using toilet paper, that was the first time. Um, and, yeah, and, I, and it really did make me realize, like, oh, yeah, other people think we're gross oh, yeah. using toilet paper. Um, I don't know. It's it's fascinating. I had um, a house on Park Ave that had a bidet in it, an apartment I lived in years ago, and it had a bidet in it. And I was wow. like, this is awesome. I don't think, though, that I would trust, like, a used bidet. Especially not on Park Ave. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. No, I feel like, yeah, some frat bro did something weird in there. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. I, I will give a an unpaid-for ad, though, for mm. um, Squatty Potty. I highly Is it pretty good? It's really good. You know, I've good. never tried it. Oh, I bought one for my brother for Christmas years ago. Um, and now that I've moved out of my parents' house, um, I, I miss it dearly. I know I could just buy another one, but they're good, man. Like, that's... Okay. Because it's how we were meant to poop, like with our legs elevated or squatting or whatever. And well, yeah, squatting, not elevated. I've never tried it. Maybe I ought to do it. I've never, ever tried it. Yeah. And I have pooped a lot. You've pooped a lot. This in got your day. weird. This podcast yeah. just got weird. I'm thinking yeah. about the last 20 minutes. <laughs> no, we really. <laughs> Sorry about all I this. I thought we. Yeah, when I, again, was, was coming to get in your car for this fake drug deal, I. Um, had no idea if you were again wanting to talk about like gun violence, feminism, like anything. Like what do you want to talk about? no, no, this is fine. Oh, but uh, what I kept coming back to was like, I think you might just like want to talk about my small intestine and like my colon. Like I think he maybe just wants to talk about GI problems. <laughs> All right, so here's why. Here's the actual reason why. Because after that happened, that radio day, that uh-huh. fateful day. I, uh, so I, first of all, it was the most embarrassing thing that could ever happen. So somebody afraid of flights has just jumped out of an airplane, or afraid of heights has just jumped out of an airplane, right? So there's that part of it. But the Mm -hmm. second part of that was because it was, because it was very public and at the time, and I think still to this day, there's like a lot of people listening to that. Um, I was reached out to by no less than over the years. If I add up all the years together, no less than a couple hundred people telling me. I've done it. I've had it happen. Here's my story. Don't tell anyone. I've had I've had local I had a local female business owner who would definitely have a name heard of pull me to the side one time at a social function and go, I just wanna tell you that you had that story. I had that happen to me once. And wow. I like I'm I'm so I started hearing from so many people yeah. who have Poop their pants in public. Audrey. Yeah. I, I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Who have done that? And and I'm just like, it made me feel better. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It, it seriously, it cured 50 percent of that freaking illness for me. Now the other 50 percent, I don't think it's ever going away because I think yeah. it's real. Yeah. But the the 50 percent that was brought on specifically just by my freaking head was like cured by that situation. So yeah. that is honestly that was what kind of inspired me to be like get her over here. And then I t- and then I clicked on your tweets and I was like this girl's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I think that, you know, um part of why I'm passionate about being so open and you know, trying to make light of it, I guess on the internet, um is, you know, we're not going to have research and we're not going to get a cure if everyone's pretending it that exist. it doesn't happen. So you know what true. I mean? Yeah. Um like why would you need to cure something that people think is just yep. made up? Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I appreciate your um, authenticity and I 
um, I'm glad that you've helped other people feel less alone. And someday, if I do, um, I better be the first my person. Pants, to know. I will DM you immediately. I need to be the I'll, first I'll person. I'll come to right know. back over here. Oh, there and we'll get another, on air and talk about it. <laughs> there was another thing you said in one of your tweets that you're insomniac, that you're kind of up at all hours. Oh, yeah, I probably did. Okay, so that happens to me too. You had um, you had texted your mom in the middle of the night with something insignificant or something, right? And yeah, they were like, they were like in a panic because you're yeah. reaching out to them in the middle of the night. So that's also. A, I've done that too. Like I've to reached your mom? Um, I probably have done it to my mom for okay. sure. But really what has become even worse has been in the part of my life the last decade or so as a business owner has been reaching out to employees or like clients at just any hour because yeah. it doesn't occur to me that it's Saturday at 6 a.m. It doesn't yeah. occur to me that it's Thursday at 1130 p.m. Right. It doesn't occur to me that it's a Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. Yeah. If I'm having a thought and it has, I will just text it out or call it out and I have received feedback before from employees saying I do not need to hear from you on <laughs> Sunday at 5 30 a.m. yeah I will um admit that I it never occurs to me that people would be asleep um and me, I, I me do too. text people at all hours of the night um I'll, I'll text my manager when he's off the clock and then my coworkers are like, Audrey, he's off the clock. Why are you texting him? This yeah. unnecessary question. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, because then the other thing is it crashes into life-work balance, uh, yeah. work-life balance, which is very, very important to a lot of people, work-life yeah. balance. And then I will sometimes realize that I am um, hurting that for somebody because it is Sunday morning yeah. and they are supposed to be with their family. Yeah. And I am texting them a very unimportant question about work. Yeah. And because I'm the boss, sometimes they feel obligated to get back to me right. and I'm realizing I mean I've, you're not even my boss and every time you DM me I'm like oh my god I gotta respond immediately <laughs> right well I but then I realize I've put them in a position where they're where that now it's Sunday at 6 a.m. and even though it's just a minute they just have to answer for a minute yeah they're they're working right now for yeah. the next minute and that sucks I shouldn't yeah. be putting people in that position yeah I, I think that it's yeah like twofold like one sounds like both of us need to work on not reaching out to people outside yeah. of work hours but also um as the other person, you know, that it's okay to like ignore you know, that not text. answer emails on the weekend if yes. it's not actually truly, truly an emergency. Yeah. Um, or things like that. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how someday I'll, I'll navigate that if I have. It's, it's a, honestly, it's a struggle every day. I, I still battle with it. Like, I'll, clients are reaching out. To, all my clients have my cell phone number, and I'm mm -hmm. getting texts all. Isn't it in your bio? It's, it's, in, it's on every single jar of sauce. Wow. It's it's in my bio on my Twitter, but it's it's in every jar. You can go to any Wegmans right now, yeah. and you can. My cell phone number is printed dozens of times in every Wegmans. Are you an extrovert? <laughs> Do you just like want more friends? So you're like, please, for the love of God, text me. Someone send me a meme. No, like, is that when, why? When I was um, when I was young, not that young, but when I was like in my early twenties, I would go into Sheets. Do you know what Sheets is? Sheets, a Pennsylvania thing. Oh, like the. And it's the a gas, part of the gas station. station. Yeah, okay. and I, w I was from Ohio. I know because I because sometimes I poop in them. <laughs> oh yes, they're good bathrooms. <laughs> they are. They're no, they good. are. Yeah. No, my parents know. Like if we're driving on you know two day road trip or whatever, like oh geez, yeah, that's the oh the trucks the truck stops because the stalls aren't even stalls. They're like rooms. Yeah. You ever been in one of those like TA truck stop or something like yeah. that or Flying J? Yeah. So so sheets though sheets would have a sign over the sink that was like I am the owner of Sh I am the CEO of Sheets and I want to hear your feedback. Call me anytime. 1-800-635. And I remember calling it once. And of course, it's exactly what you think it is. It's like, welcome to Sheets Corporate. Press right. one. for. And I was like, what if that was like 
your real number. Yeah. So then like years later when I started a business, it just occurred to me, I was like, I'm going to put my actual cell phone number on right. this jar of sauce. I wonder yeah. if anyone will call me or text. I don't know if it will if And do happen. people? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not what people think. People think I hear from a hundred people a day. And no, it's not? No, no, no. I, I get probably, I would say comp- a couple a day probably okay. but it's not but still daily it's still daily and okay. it's and there are days where it can be six or seven and there are days where it can be one or two uh-huh. but it's never hundreds or thousands of calls or texts in a day that Have doesn't you, do, is it normally positive feedback negative i'll be honest with you it's like 95 percent positive wow. the only the only negative i ever get on our sauce is uh spicy chunky veggie this that's one the one for, I like. That's the one you like? Yeah. Okay. Well, I get two complaints. Do you want to guess what they are? This just shows why we can't have what, nice that it's things. too chunky or too spicy? Too spicy. Uh-huh. And what's the other complaint? Oh, that there's garlic and onions? Not spicy enough. Oh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's why we can't have nice things in this country. That's ridiculous. Those are the two complaints I get. Too yeah. spicy, not spicy enough. Right down the middle, 50-50 on which complaints I get, yeah. and that's the most complaints I get. Is about I hate that when sauce. people buy spicy things, and then they're like, I'd like to return this because it was spicy. Uh Audrey, I've lived it. I've literally been face to face with customers before, and I and I am almost always customers always right. But I do have times where I want to tell the customer. Yeah. I have told a guy this year. This happened recently. This was this summer where I told a guy I went, it, "Sir, it does say spicy," literally on the front of the bottle. Yeah. And he was just like, "But it doesn't make it clear just how spicy it is." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. Sir. I guess you win. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about, or do you, or you want to be done? What do you think? I have never had this much control over a podcast. Well, it's um, yours. What do you want to do? Oh. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. <laughs> we can keep going or stop. I, it's up to you. I don't know. Is anyone listening this long? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Nobody's listening, period. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, well, if you yeah want to say anything controversial then, um, this would be your time. now is the time. This is your moment. Yeah. Um, uh, what, 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 any topics you want to talk about? We can Or we can be done. It's all good. I'm I'm really fine. Okay. Either cool. way. All right. Um, do some hedonist, man. Yeah. Do some hedonist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am I allowed to like plug something? Is that a thing? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I mean, I'll send you a bill after, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say uh, on a more serious note that um, one of my friends, Jeremy Chung, um, died in July. He was a community organizer and activist, and really made a huge um, impact in Rochester. And that like his passion um, was the Arnett House with Center for Youth, which helps um, like LGBTQ and trafficked um, homeless youth. And so, if people wanted to donate. Um, in his honor to the Arnett House. That would really mean a lot to me. Um, I know you just had to sit through me talking about my bowel movements for an hour, so I understand if you don't feel like you owe me anything. Um, but if not for me, um, do it for Jeremy. So That's really sweet. Thanks for I love, me I love that. You're, I love how involved you are in stuff. I love that you want to make the world a better place. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that... Um, I don't know. I've, I've sort of just always been this way, but I also think that it um, helps with my anxiety about the world to know that I'm trying to make it a better place. Um, but on the other hand, sometimes I do spiral out because there's so much to be done and I'm just one small woman. <laughs> it's it's overwhelming if you try and do it all at once. You got to do one chunk at a time. Yeah. One little thing at a time. Yeah. You do your part here in this city with the thing you can control. Right. And, and then if there are more people like you and everyone just controls their little part you can actually make a difference yeah yeah definitely
All right. Well, thanks for doing the podcast. Thank you for the, the in terms of how long we've been going. It was dark when I arrived. The sun is now up. Yeah. Your child has probably had like five meals by it's now. Bright, it's bright about breakfast time, 830 right now. So I'm going for breakfast. Yeah. Right about now. <laughs> and know. then get yelled at by your wife. Yeah. So uh, you have to be at work 930. So you can babysit for an hour then right now. Yeah. Right. Right now I can go in and babysit. <laughs> I'll actually bring him to the shop. He seems like he would be great oh at tying that boxes. Would be amazing. Have him um, back around seven. Thank you. Okay, I'm out of here. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> great. All right. Audrey, thank you for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah.